Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. Here alone for another solo interview episode chuck and john will be back on thursday that should come out thursday night thursday late afternoon this is a bonus episode so i'm not going to really plug anything except you know patreon come on hook us up patreon.com slash fast break breakfast and then uh, download that draft app draft.com slash fast break play uh, daily fantasy basketball where i am uh Having a good time. I started finally playing against the public. It's much easier than playing against my listeners, as it turns out. Uh, you guys are getting gotten sharp, and it's uh, it's hard to beat you with regularity. But anyway, download the draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. I squeezed in an extra episode this week just because I wanted to talk to Tony, and the timing was good uh, with the Jazz playing on Wednesday night and him traveling. And we got some other guests in the works coming up, and, you know, I didn't want to sit on it and wait and maybe miss out. So anyway, extra episode this week. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, hit us up, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today covers the Utah Jazz and the NBA for the Salt Lake Tribune and is a first-time guest on Fast Break Breakfast, Tony Jones. Tony, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, happy to have you. I first followed you on Twitter. I, I just researched this. I remembered. I couldn't remember who the player was. I'm pretty sure you broke that Jordan Adams had been cut by the Grizzlies after training camp a couple years ago. And my thought was, why is this Utah guy reporting who the Grizzlies cut in training camp? And you replied like, it's all, you, it's all who you know, man. I'm like, all right, well, I want to know this guy. So uh, I, I followed you since then. I remembered that, um, <laughs> and I remember what I remembered about that was there were a bunch of of uh, Memphis Grizzlies fans that were like, "Oh, this guy doesn't know anything. I don't worry about it." And, right. You know, the funny thing about it was I reported that way early. Like I reported it. And he didn't get cut for about three or four more days. And they actually 
cut somebody else before they officially cut him. And it was just, and it was just one of those things where I was like, Grizzly fans were like really slandering me for like 72 <laughs> hours. And then he got cut, and then there were a whole bunch of Grizzly fans that like followed me on Twitter. So it was fun. That was a fun, that was a fun time. I didn't, I didn't slander. I know, and I, and I know this just because I just looked at the tweets. Uh, but there were people being like, why would, the, why would the Salt Lake Tribune be breaking Grizzlies news? And, you know, you were like, hey, man, like, uh, check it out. He got cut. <laughs> um, right now, are you uh, are you're traveling with a team? Are you in Oklahoma City? I am in Oklahoma City, yes. All right. Well, we always start our episodes talking about breakfast. Have you had a, a breakfast in Oklahoma City? Are, are you at the Skirvin Hotel? Have you, have you had a haunted breakfast or anything? You know, I, I, I don't eat breakfast. Like, and here's the funny thing. Breakfast is by far, like by far, not even close. It is by far my my favorite my favorite meal of the day because I love breakfast food, and it is by far the meal that I eat the least. <laughs> and it's just because of you know proximity. It's because of my job. You know, whenever I get up, I mean, I, I literally have to get in the shower and and go to where I want to where where do I have to go and 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 I I never eat breakfast. So it's it's both. Um, Breakfast is, is both something that I love and something that I never do. So, yeah, that that's regrettable. Do you do uh, anything? Do you, do you get a cup of coffee? Or are you just drinking some water? You got anything? I've had two bags of Doritos today, so I don't know. <laughs> if that's that's a, hey man, whatever whatever works for you. Um, well, right now the Utah Jazz uh, in the series, obviously with the Thunder. They lost game one in semi-convincing semi fashion. Uh, for those of us who picked the Jazz to win, like, like myself, uh, it, it was vaguely concerning. Yes, it's a long series. But uh, as someone who's around the team all the time, what is the feeling of the Jazz after losing game one and it not really being that close? Well, you know, I don't think it was... Here's the thing. I don't, I don't think it was semi um, I don't. I don't think it was semi-convincing fashion. I think I thought it was very convincing fashion. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I I actually thought it was a butt kicking. Yeah. And, you know, I've watched. You know, I watched this Jazz team. You know, for you know four years, and I don't think I've se- I seldomly you know seen them get handled like they got handled physically uh, on Sunday against OKC. You know, they jumped off to a sixteen to four lead. Then after that, it was pretty much all thunder. And, you know, the thunder, they did whatever they wanted to do uh, to the Jazz in terms of their defense facing the Jazz's offense. You know, they, they, they knocked them out of what they wanted to do. And they were just basically, you know, the more physical team. And, and I think that part is concerning. And I think um, trying to find a way to, to get Joe Ingles uh, free from from Paul George, I think that that part is going to be concerning as the series goes on. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Jazz confidence wise. I think that they're confident going into Game Two. Um, I think that they, you know, know that they need to make some adjustments. I think they really know they need to play a lot more physical. And when I say more physical, you know, I don't mean you know trying to go out there and and take people's heads off. I just think that they need to, to, to run their offense a lot harder than they ran it on Sunday. 
um, or, you know, they're not going to be able to get into their offense. And I think that Oklahoma City, you know, they sped the Jazz up with their pressure defense. You know, they just took them out of what they wanted to do. Um, and I think that that was the, uh, the, the, the fear of the Jazz going in, that this was one of the teams that, that was physical and athletic enough uh, to do that to the Jazz, and it came to fruition on Sunday. So I think that that's, that's the first thing that they have to go and try to fix going in the game, too. Do you think they were surprised that Paul George spent most of his time just blanketing Joe Ingles? Do you think that was like a surprising twist for him or something? Yeah, I do. I actually do, because I, I think that they counted on, you know, Paul George spending at least half his time on Donovan Mitchell. And I thought what Oklahoma City did, I thought it was a, a stroke of genius by by uh, Billy Donovan, which was, um, you know, what they did was they identified something with the Jazz. And, and here's what I mean by that. The Jazz's offense has been so good lately, not because of Donovan Mitchell and, by, and, and you know, not because of, by what I mean, not because of Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's going to get his points. He's at this point right now where he's a good enough player that I don't, it kind of doesn't really matter who's going to guard him. He's going to go and get 20 points. Um, but the jazz have been so good offensively because Joe Ingles has been getting into the lane, running pick and roll with Rudy Gobert, you know, finding Rudy Gobert, finding other people, finding shooters in the corner. You know, if you look at um, Joe Ingles, his assist numbers, he averaged six assists a game in, in, in March and he's averaged seven over seven assistant games in April. Over seven assists a game in April. And he had one assist uh on Sunday night. And that took away a huge chunk of 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 Utah's offense because it took away the ability to get everybody else involved and to do it efficiently. Um you know, the box score is gonna say that the Jazz had seven players in double figures. But to me, that was just window dressing. Um, you know, I think what Billy Donovan did, you know, they, he conceded his points to Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, by taking Joe Ingles out of the offense, he kind of effectively blanketed everybody else. And I think that that, um, that, that was really a, a smart coaching move uh, from, from, from Billy Donovan in OKC. I had taken Joe Ingles in a daily fantasy basketball game, and when like Paul George started guarding him, I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, uh, Joe, "Joe's not racking up the points and the assists that he had been uh, for me other times when I took him on this uh, this game." So the Jazz had a great turnaround in the regular season. They started off really slowly. You know, Gobert was out. Once Gobert came back, they had a just a fantastic turnaround. You know, they were one of the best teams in the league, one of the best net ratings in the league after Gobert's return. Even looking at their season as a whole, uh, like a place like Cleaning the Glass, that site rated them as the fifth best team in the NBA for the season based on their expected wins. Like a truly elite team, even though I think maybe nationally or among a casual fan. They don't think of a jazz being an elite team. Um, before game one, what was your mindset when you viewed the jazz? Did you view them as an elite team, as a team that could stand toe to toe with the best teams in the NBA? Well, I think there's a difference between regular season elite and playoff elite. And I think that, 
you know, the Jazz are, you know, I think if you ask me if the Jazz are, are close to contending for an NBA title, I would say, I would I, I would tell you that the Jazz needed one more piece. Like, I think they need one more guy who could just go and get buckets. Like, I think if, you know, they added maybe somebody like a Will Barton in free agency or somebody, somebody that, that could just go and get 17, 18 points a game, and you brought back the rest of this court. And I would tell you, yeah, they're they're close to they're close to, to to competing for an NBA title because they have, you know, everything that you need. Like they have a they have an elite defense. They have the best defense in the league. Um, they have a guy who I think is gonna be a top ten player in the league sooner rather than late, later in Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, they have shooters, they have tough guys, they have wing defenders they have a, they're athletic and and they're long and and they're deep and and the guys like each other and and a team that likes each other that's not a small thing um so but i think that they need one more guy now do i think that you know they can compete in this playoff series i absolutely think they can and do i think you know they're you know they the the 27 and 5 in the second half of the season, though I think that that was closer to that. That was kind of who they are. I mean, they proved that that was kind of who they are because you know they beat a lot of really good teams to to get to twenty seven to five in the second half of the season. So um, I I think that you know it's it's a, a kind of a two pronged answer. I, I do think that uh, the Jazz are a really 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 good team. Um, I do think that they probably need one more piece and but i don't think that they're that far away it'd be tough if they took will barton on nuggets fans i don't think you guys should take any more uh denver players from them i don't think it's worked out for I them was just using it as an example. <laughs> all i was doing <laughs> um you mentioned donovan mitchell is close to being a top 10 player speaking of top 10 players i believe i saw this from you on twitter i didn't engage i just watched from afar you were talking about rudy gobert and arguing for him as right now being a top 10 player in the NBA. And, and a lot of people were arguing with you saying like, that's, that's ridiculous and so on and so forth. So if, if I followed you correctly saying Gobert is either a top 10 player or, or close to being a top 10 player, uh, what was your argument in that assessment? Well, the argument is this, I mean, for, if you look at how effective James Harden is offensively, or how effective somebody like Steph Curry is offensively. And I think you've got to look at the other side of the coin and look at Rudy Gobert, and that's how good he is defensively. Um, you know, he's the best defender in the league, you know, by far, or at least he, had, or at least he was this year. Um, and he's an elite rebounder. He's an elite finisher. He's an elite screen setter. I think people who thought that, I think people look at Rudy Gobert and they say, well, you know what? You can't throw it to him on the block. He can't be a top 10 player. Or, you can, you know, he's he can't hit a three-pointer. He can't be a top 10 player. But if you look at everything that he can do, he's a, you know, double-double every night. Um, a guy who basically changes the way that you play off, have to play offense. Um you know, his impact, I mean, if you look at his impact night-to-night basis, I think he's pretty easily a top-ten player. 
So, like, if you're starting a team, would you take him over a guy like like Carl Anthony Towns or, or Demarcus Cousins? I guess Demarcus Cousins is a bad example because he's too controversial. But you're saying like you would put him alongside other like elite young guys who who can score the basketball based on his defensive ability. Well, I, I put it to you like this: uh, I think, I think Rudy Gobert yeah. and Joel Embiid are neck and neck. I think. I think, and, and that's how much I think of Rudy Gobert because I think Joel Embiid is just, I think he's phenomenal. Um, I, I wouldn't even come close to taking Carl yeah. Anthony Towns over, over Rudy Gobert. I wouldn't even think about it. And the only, the only big man that, that I would say, no, no question, I would absolutely take him over Rudy Gobert. The only big man yeah. I would say that about is Anthony Davis. And anybody else, you know, I, I, you know, I think, I think Joel Embiid is, 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 is up there. I think that he's on that same level. Like if you compare Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid and you want to take Joel Embiid, you know, I would be like, Oh, okay. That's a, that's a, you know, I don't agree with that take. I think it's neck and neck, but I can see that. But like Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, DeMarcus Cousins, um, you know, any other big man that you can think of, I, w- I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think of taking him over Rudy Gobert in terms of if I was starting a team and, and building a team. Yeah. I, that really intrigues me. And I feel like I kind of lean that way. It's one of the fun questions or fun things to debate about basketball. Cause I feel like for so long, and especially myself as a Grizzlies fan and always arguing a guy like Tony Allen, who was like my favorite NBA player, like where does, where does the defensive, you know, how does the defensive ability and offensive ability match up in importance for producing wins? And so because of the jazz having such a great defense and winning part of that, like appeals to my, my Grizzlies fandom where I'm pulling for the jazz. And I also kind of lean into the arguments where people are like, it's better to have like a, like, like a Royce O'Neal type guy who can't really even score because, you know, it's more damaging to have a really bad defender and an okay offensive player than an okay offensive player and a really bad defender um, debating which things are more important. So I'm glad you're out there fighting the fight for, uh, for your guy, Gobert, because I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. Like, it's hard for me to think, like, would I rather have, uh, like, even someone as good as, like, Giannis Antetokounmpo, where, like, he's great, and Rudy Gobert doesn't do things that are that, as maybe flashy or exciting. Like he doesn't have a handle. He can't create his own offense, but maybe he impacts winning in a better way. Maybe like a less sexy way, a less, you know, uh, house of highlights type way, but he's getting the W's. And so, uh, I I do like that. Another guy that helps the jazz get the W's obviously is Donovan Mitchell, uh, who's banged up right now. What's the, uh, what's the report on Donovan Mitchell's health? Well, I mean, officially he's questionable for, for game two. Um, unofficially, I can't imagine him not playing. Uh, I think, you know, the, the question the question is more of how close to 100% will he be and can he be Donovan Mitchell? And and that's the million-dollar question. And the, and the Jazz really need him to be Donovan Mitchell because they're facing a team that, that you know, that's going to overplay them and, 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 and pressure the heck out of them. And they're going to need to beat people off the dribble. And, 
and Donovan Mitchell was the guy that could just go ahead and beat people off the dribble and, and, and create. And, you know, if they don't, if, if he's limited and, and can't get into the lane and, you know, can't beat Donovan Mitchell, then, you know, the Jazz, their chances of winning a series greatly diminish. So, but if he's, you know, 90%, you know, close to it and he's the same, the same explosive guy, uh, then he, you know, the Jazz have a, the Jazz will have a, a better chance. So Mitchell is having an incredible rookie season, especially even more remarkable considering where he was drafted. It's not often you get one of the best rookie seasons I can remember from a guy drafted not even you know in the top five. Uh, is is he your rookie of the year? I know it seems like it's hard not to be biased as someone who covers the Jazz, but uh, do you think uh, would you vote for him over Ben Simmons? Well, I did. I mean, and, and it has nothing. You know, it wasn't hard for me not to be biased. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard. For, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't biased or anything. But I did vote for him. Yeah. And the reason why I did was because, you know, statistically, uh, this was the hardest Western Conference uh, to get into a playoff in since 2001. It was the first time statistically that, you know, we went into you know, the last week of the season and there, there were no playoff matchups set. Um, and um, in terms of, you know, you had the ninth place team, which was uh, Denver would have been six, would have been the sixth place team in the Eastern conference. So you add that. And then you look at what Donovan Mitchell did. He became the first rookie since Carmelo Anthony in 2003 to lead a, lead a playoff team and score. So for him to shoulder that kind of a load, um, be the unquestioned number one offensive option, and for for the Jazz to, to get into the playoffs and get the number five seed in this Western Conference, um, that, that to me kind of tilted the scales. Um, I thought that Ben Simmons was phenomenal. Uh, I think he's a remarkable player. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, I think that accomplishments mean a lot uh, in terms of how I vote for some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, I voted last year, I voted James Harden MVP over Russell Westbrook. You know, of course, Russell Westbrook became, you know, the first person since Oscar Robinson, the average of triple double, but, you know, James Harden had almost as good a year statistically, and he did it on a team with 10 more wins. Gotcha. And, you know, you know, I think um, for, for what the Jazz accomplished with Donovan Mitchell as their best offensive player, um, I thought that that was, was rookie of the year worthy, and that's why I voted for Donovan. It's a great case. I, de- I watched a lot more Donovan Mitchell, and I definitely fell in love and was like, this guy. It's, it's amazing the stuff he's pulling off. What's your, uh, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite Donovan Mitchell memory or moment of the season? You know, I, 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 I don't know if it was a favorite moment, but it was, it was definitely a watershed moment. And uh, ironically, it came against Oklahoma City, and it came in, in, in December. And this was after he, this was kind of like, okay, he had had a month of kind of breaking out and, and, you know, it it was to the point where, okay, you know, teams are starting to notice a little bit. He's starting to make his way to the top of people's scouting reports and, 
and the Jazz went to Oklahoma City, and you know Donovan Mitchell faced Paul George and Andre Roberson, and um, Andre Roberson is to me the the best perimeter defender in the league, and obviously he got hurt and he was out for the season. He was out for the season, but you know Donovan Mitchell scored thirty in that game, and that's when I was like, okay, this this kid is for real. Like you know. The Thunder threw Andre Roberson at him, and and he still, you know, gave him thirty. Because Andre Roberson is is, I mean, he's he's an elite defender, and and I thought that, you know, for for Donovan Mitchell to to be able to go ahead and 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 do that to 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 the guy that I think is, was is the best perimeter defender in the league, that that's when I was like, okay, this is no fluke. This is this isn't a hot streak. You know, this 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 guy is for real. That's great. I definitely I definitely remember that game. All right, last question: uh, When you play pickup basketball, Tony, what is your basketball playing style, or who who is your like your doppelganger as far as playing style? Ah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm not going to reach too high. Okay. I'm going to say Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm not going to reach too high at all. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out of, I'm not going to go out of my zone. Are you, uh, are, um, are you barking at your teammates? Are you getting them in the right spots? I, I have barked a, a <laughs> few times, but you know, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a guy who I'm, I'm a great passer. Um, a little slower than I used to be, um, but I'm a, a great shooter. Um, I'm still a really good offensive player. Um, I don't defend like I used to or at all <laughs> anymore. Um, and yeah, yeah, so you know that that's that's kind of that's kind of the book on me right now. That's pretty good. That's impressive. That's a that's a strong book. I'm uh I'm like a I'm like a gangly uh Al Faruq Aminu or something like the worst version of that uh a very bad Tayshon Prince. There is, there is no worse version of Al Faruq Aminu because Al Faruq Aminu is the worst version of himself. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's a good note to end on. Uh, Tony, thanks for finding time for me uh, to come on the show. Uh, tell people where they can uh, follow you and read your stuff. Uh, you can follow me at Trip Jazz, T R I B J A Z Z, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, I'm very biased. I am pulling for the Jazz hard, and I want the Thunder to lose horribly. That's my that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Well, I, I know you guys have had have had 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 uh, your playoff battles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Day, so. I do. I do. Yeah. I do have a have a checkered history as a Grizzlies Thunder fan. Not so much jazz. So uh, I can I can pull for you guys uh, without any moral quandary. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Tony for that quick hitter. Follow him on Twitter at Trip Jazz. Uh, he also wrote a a really good article about Royce O'Neal that I read today that was uh, definitely worth checking out. You can support our show at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Download the draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use that code fastbreak. You can follow me on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fast break, break, man. You understand?
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.